Oh, these oranges are looking really nice today, aren't they, Jen? They are. Wow. Yeah. Super nice. I'm just loving all the fresh produce at this time of the year, especially when I'm so pregnant. I know. You are about to pop, aren't I you? I really... Oh! Oh! Oh, I think I just did. My water just <gasps> broke what? all over the place in the produce section. Oh, no. Oh, my God. It's time to go. I know. It was a huge gush. Come on. Quick. Even before contraction. Oh, contraction. Leave the cart right there. Oh, my Come goodness. On. Let's oh, go. Oh, oh, we got to get in the car. Come on. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. We're going to make it. I think. Oh, I don't know. Oh, get God. me in the car. Get oh, me in the no. car. Oh, oh no. I think I feel the baby's head is coming. Already? Uh, yeah. Get uh, me in the car. Uh, what do oh. I do? What I do hope I, I make it. What I hope I we do? can make it. I hope we can make it. Get us there fast, Jen. Drive faster. Okay, I'm driving as fast as I can. Okay. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, no. oh good. <sighs> good thing we're here in the hospital right now. Jen, you did this to me. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, I know for sure I didn't, but yes. Oh, no. Are oh, you gonna... no. <laughs> are you going to faint? Don't faint. I'm definitely going to faint. I don't feel good. Somebody get me a chair. Kaplunk! Oh no! You did this to me. I'm so angry at everybody. I hate everybody. Oh! Oh, look at that. The baby was born. Oh, isn't that nice? And she looks four months old. And she's clean, too. She's totally clean. And look it, she doesn't even have an umbilical cord. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Elise McAllister. And I'm Jen Laird. And you're listening to Pushing It Podcast, where we normalize the shit out of pregnancy, birth, and life with a new baby. Because if you can't laugh without peeing yourself, you might as well laugh at yourself while doing it. Except we're not uh, normalizing that little scenario that we just acted out. Because that was what we take home from TV birth. <laughs> <laughs> and how uh, ridiculous it is, right? Oh my goodness. If you've ever watched Birth on TV, you might have seen something that looked just like that. So now we want to keep it real. And so today is our Keeping It Real About TV Birth episode. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> we're keeping it so real. So real. We're coming um, straight from uh, Jen's bed. Oh yeah, we're snuggled up. In her bedroom. With Baxter the Dachshund. Baxter the Dachshund is here. Um, he hopefully won't bark. Um, but we've had some technical difficulties technical today. Technical difficulties? We can't. It's so technical that we can't even talk about it. Um, no, actually, what's happened is um, our mic. It's sad and broken. And um, so we're having to use different means of recording. Um, Both mics. We had... Double mic trouble. All the problems. And we are really dedicated, though, to bringing you a weekly show. And so here we are, sitting on Jen's bed, because it's a small room and we don't want it echoing, and um, using the computer instead of mics. So we're just going to apologize in advance for the potential of lower sound quality today. So sorry about that, guys. Yes. So if you are a first-time listener, please know that this is not the way that it always sounds. Yep. And uh, we um, please listen to other episodes and know that we are really committed to great sound and a weekly show. 
there we go. That we're just <laughs> keeping it real. Keeping it we so real. We are also doulas who are on call who keep our phones on. Um. <laughs> and apparently Jen's going to Mumford & Sons this summer, too. So oh, those, nice. Those tickets have been purchased. <laughs> That's what that sound of the text is. There we go. And now we're going to just shut off our phones. Yes. So. So let's talk about TV birth. Um, there are so many things that stand out that I think we are quite overwhelmed by it, but we have a handy little list of the top things that we notice about TV birth that mm-hmm. really stand out to be the most consistent uh, inaccuracies about TV birth. So let's talk about why, first of all, we wanted to do this show and why we're kind of passionate about, um, meaning the TV birth Um is that we see um, a lot of misrepresentation of um, the way birth looks on TV. And for, I think, your average person, they haven't attended a birth. And because we have more hospital birth in these days, it's yeah. not like your little house on the prairie and happen to be at somebody's cabin when a baby's being birthed uh, in the other side of the house. Right. And so we're not used to kind of the... Um, the time it takes, the noises, the, um, I don't know, just how how long birth takes, how it typically looks, and kind of what the um, cycle of it is. And so that's something we wanted to talk a little bit about today is to um, take away all those myths of um, what it kind of looks like and... Um, so actually, you might even say we want to normalize the way that birth looks. <gasps> Definitely normalize <laughs> oh, it. Should we bring it back? Because here we are drinking coffee. We're drinking coffee in my bed. So, so take a drink of whatever you're drinking because we're here to normalize birth. Yes, cheers. We are. Um, so I, the other night, was preparing for this podcast and um, I have daughters who are 19 and 16, almost 17. And um, they obviously know a fair amount of birth (laughs) information because their mom has been working in this uh, profession now for over 10 years. And so um, they're fairly well exposed and educated on these things. And I am, you know, not usually uh, shy in giving my opinion um, when... Uh, we watch birth on TV, <laughs> and it's dinner table talk. Oh, totally! You know? dinner when table you're talk. when your mom is a, working in the birth world, yeah, you know, you talk about placentas totally. and vaginas around the dinner table. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, not like. We're not just like, hey, let's talk about a vagina. Well, uh, no, but you might talk about things related to vaginas at the dinner table. True. I don't know if I've shared this before, but, um, well, okay, here's, before I share that part, what I was going to say <laughs> was um, that um, they also are aware of how long birth takes because their mom attends birth. Right. And so when somebody calls to say, you know, hey, I'm in early labor, um, I will tell my family, yeah, I got somebody in early labor. So I might leave later on that day, or I might leave the next day, or I might leave in an hour or two. So my family's really used to, like, birth, they know, does is not short. And so if <laughs> if I come back, um, if I've left in the morning and I'm home after school, they're like, what? Did they have their baby? You didn't go yet, right? <laughs> yeah. So they're totally used to, uh, it takes a while to have a baby. But what I was going to say is um, my 
my middle daughter um, a couple of years ago um, had to take state mandated health class, and let's just um, let's just say that I didn't really like her health teacher, and neither did she because of the uh, fear that she um, seemed to be representing with birth and talked about like if a baby is born with its umbilical cord around its neck, it's an emergency. And my daughter raises her <sighs> hand and she's like, um, excuse me, miss, whatever her name was. Um, so a baby could still actually breathe because oxygen is coming um, in the umbilical cord. And so until that's cut or there's a really tight knot in it, um, that's not an emergency. And the teacher's like, oh, oh, yeah, well, it could be. <laughs> and it could be, but most of the time it's not. Yeah. And so there were so many times when she, like, actually corrected her ah. teacher about women's health. Whether it was correcting or just adding more information, like, uh, actually, you're making it sound a lot scarier than it really is. So pretty proud of my daughter for normalizing birth as well. Right. Because, and that's very similar to TV birth, right? Yeah. We're doing a whole lot of scaring people. Totally. Right? We, we don't do a whole lot of normalizing. And that brings us back to why we wanted to do this show. Yep. Is because if the only birth that you're exposed to is TV birth, it makes it look fast and scary. Oh, which absolutely. in fact birth is really long and and well it can be generally. Yeah. And it usually is kind of boring. I mean totally. it's there's yeah. a lot of sitting and waiting. And lately I've been hearing uh partners at birth say like so what do we do now? And it's like, well, we just keep laboring. Yeah. <laughs> there yeah. is no what do we do. There's yeah. just this, more of this. Yeah. So I think even our um, our dramatic um, interlude at the beginning was really to just kind of poke a bit of fun at how things typically can be portrayed on TV and not how we see the reality of what birth looks like. So um, there, of course, is variations of normal. And part of variations of normal is that there can be a speedy birth, particularly um, for those who have um, already birthed babies. Those labors tend to be um, on the shorter side. But still, I cannot imagine there ever being a, I'm in line at the grocery store and my water breaks and I have a baby crowning before I get to a hospital. And I wonder if social media also portrays those things. I mean, I, of course, have watched them as well. It's the couple driving down the freeway and she has a baby in her pants. Like, I mean, of course those things are going to make the news right. and be on social media. It's a variation of normal, um, but it, it is happens. But so do the really, really long labors, and right? so do like people win the lottery, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't happened in my life or any of my friends' lives, but I hear it happens. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what I did the other day when I was preparing for this, I was like, "Hey, girls, just name some things that you have seen on TV birth." So keep in mind. These are teenagers that um, just started throwing stuff out. And so we're going to actually talk about um, the things that my daughters noticed about um, TV birth. After my dog burrows himself Where you going between back? the two of us um, here. <laughs> okay, so we just happened to, um, they just happened to name 10 things. 
um, observation is they drape something over the woman's body so she can't see what's coming out of her. And the doctor is sitting down below at her legs. Always. Always. Right? Yeah. There's like uh, drapes. Always drapes. But there's like a drape across her lap. Yeah. It's not like a, we're not talking C-section drape, like operating room drape. We're talking about like just, there's drapes down there. Like for some reason, she should not be exposed to what's going on. Nobody should be exposed to that. And it seems like the doctor is crouching under the drape. Right. And then we'll peek up. Like oddly close to her vagina, like like the face of the doctor. Have you ever in real (laughs) practical life... Seen that happen. Because nobody needs to be four inches away from the baby's head to see what's going on. (laughs) It's pretty apparent what's going on down there. Right. right? It's more of like a feel than a see. I mean, yes, you should see, but you don't, Uh you could see 10 inches away just as much as four inches away or two feet uh, away. A doctor tends to be like arm's length, which, oh, that's a good two feet, right? One, two. There we go. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Totally fine there. Okay. So, um, we're not seeing that in real life. Um, so I guess to get serious for one second, um, that that we could have an option of somebody having like um, something over their lap. Like a lap. Blanket. A lap. If you're feeling like, gosh, I, I need some, like, I need the feeling of privacy. Um, so I don't want to make light of that and know that that is a choice. But also um, in... I would say even um, for those who are survivors of trauma or have had some difficult circumstances, um, when you're pushing out a baby, it tends to not be something that you ask for. Yeah. Um, to have something covering right there. So, um, yeah, I think we're what we're trying to say there is um, there's not somebody at the bottom peeking into like they almost make it look like she's totally covered around and there's just a small space where the doctor can see in or something yeah which often i would say that there is a lap blanket but not somebody under the blanket like it almost seems like the doctor's head is covered yes and that's not the case like there can be some coverage so nobody else is seeing what's going on but the doctor is not under that blanket there is not like a peek hole are we allowed to like name TVs shows where sure. we've seen? Yeah, okay, yeah. so um, the number two um, is C sections are fast. Um, we are. Uh, I got a teenager who's into the Grey's Anatomy, oh. and there's been some C sections on there, and they make C sections so fast. And they're, I mean, they're not really that long, but yeah. they. Oh no! But there's like, okay, uh, numbing medication is given, and then there is one. One, it, it makes it appear that there's the scalpel is used and just one incision, one incision just under the skin is that baby. <laughs> like <laughs> you actually, have no tissues other than just skin, just skin, and then a baby. Um, <laughs> well, if all fairness, all those pictures on the internet of the baby foot on the belly, you know oh, when you yeah. see mom's it belly with the baby look foot, like it. well, those aren't real pictures. Well, have you no. ever seen? Okay, but I have. You cannot see a baby foot that clearly in okay, real life. Okay, that's true. That's you can true. see a baby heel poking a bit, yes. but you can't see you an can... outline of toes in real life. Well, in midwifery school, we had a mom who had, um, she had like a two-year-old and then she had twins. And then she was pregnant with one, two, three. That'd be the fourth kid. 
And, oh gosh, like putting my hands on our belly, I swear I was holding hands with that baby. For sure. But you will not see the outline of that toes. That is true. Good point. Because there's a uterine right. muscle. Right. <laughs> so what we're saying here is that um, in a C-section, A, it takes a little bit of time, even in a emergency section, to get somebody back there to put up the drapes, to do all the things that you do in an operating room, and... To actually, when you, we won't get too graphics. We don't want to gross people out, but, um, or not gross people out, but be sensitive to people who don't yeah. really want all these but logistics. They, they need to make sure you're comfortable. Right. And then there are a number of layers between your outside skin you can touch and your baby inside your uterus. It's not one incision, boom, we're at the baby and pulling it out. So right. C-sections actually are not, um, I would say, how, what would you say, uh, 20 minutes? Between... Yeah, 15, 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there we go. Okay, number three. That recovery time seems super short after the baby's born. Ugh. So I'm just thinking. Bones to pick. Let's get going here. I'm thinking of even at the hospital, like. Uh, on the, oh, yeah. We're jumping out of bed. Like on the office, um, you know, as soon as the baby's born. Um, for that birth, the whole office staff is in the hospital room with, um, what's her name Oh, yeah, again? right away. Pam. And she looks fine. Right. They come right in. There's no, like... Yeah. There's no stitches. There's nope. no cleaning up the room. Nope. She's not tired. Nope. Like, the baby is suddenly wrapped up. Yep. Breastfeeding right away. Yep. And everyone can come in the room five totally. minutes after the baby's born because... It's and, like somebody waved a magic wand. Yep, and she looks fine. Like, she's not even out of breath. She's not <laughs> like, hey, whatever. She's not know? even thirsty. No, no, no. She's just fine. So Somebody um, give this woman a sandwich. She just birthed a baby exactly. already. Exactly. <sighs> so um, my daughters are recognizing, and that's funny, is that my daughters haven't actually even attended a birth. Right. They are gaining all this knowledge by just hearing about birth and also their experience of having visited some friends who we have close family friends who um, they visited within a few hours of baby being born. And um, I mean, they're very close friends, so it wasn't awkward or weird. But our family going over there, my kids could notice like, oh, she looks tired and we made sure she had some food and we stayed a short amount of time and the baby had a little bit of gunk in their hair, you know? Maybe we should do a sequel to this and I should show my, my six and nine-year-old have not seen television birth because they, oh. but maybe I should show them some television birth and ask them what wasn't real about it because they have oh. actually been at births. <gasps> oh, Elise, a good comparison. Show. Yeah. I love it. I love uh -oh. it. Okay, number four, pain, then a baby. Meaning, um, I think what they were talking about was just like what we were acting out is that there wasn't, it wasn't very long. It was just a lot of pain. No buildup. No buildup. A lot, a lot of pain. And then all of a sudden they had a baby. And um, this is super interesting. This is, remember... Almost 17-year-old and 19-year-old. And they said, you know, they never show that in a birth that there's fear, joy, anticipation, waiting, and that it's super short. Oh. I was like, oh, so the teen 
teenagers are recognizing that they see birth as being complex emotionally. Ooh. Ooh I'm putting those words on it. But, yeah. I mean, they were just, like, talking. They're like, yeah, there's no antib- anticipation. Like, oh, my gosh, we're, wow, this is building up. Uh, we're going to have a baby. Um you know excitement about it just like oh no pain uh this hurts and then Ugh. suddenly there's a baby and i mean can you imagine though in the birth that we acted out in this if that's really the way that birth was i mean then it would only be like five minutes long right but imagine if that's the way birth really worked that all of a sudden you're just in the grocery store and then you had 10 out of 10 pain Oof. I mean, that is craziness. Yeah. We need that buildup of pain where it goes from a little bit of intensity all the way to yeah. that 10 out of 10 pain or whatever you get to on the pain scale. Instead of starting from zero, didn't know it was going to happen. I'm, yeah. you know, I was with Jen in my acted out birth there, um, who I guess I, I said she did it to me, so I guess she was my partner. <laughs> but had she just been my friend, then I wouldn't have called my partner in. I wouldn't have been, maybe I was even alone. I could have been yeah, alone. True. You know, I wouldn't have been prepared for it. Maybe I was just in the grocery store all by myself. I wasn't anticipating this pain. So, Having some labor pain, some early labor pain, there's a purpose behind it. Right. We need that early labor. We need to know, hey, well, we need all labor pain. We need to know, like, hey, we're going to need to get to the place where the person that needs to catch this baby is going to be. We need to have the people we want at our birth with us. Yep. Um, We need to have the things that we want to have with us. I probably don't want to be in my maternity jeans because that's not comfortable to labor in. Right. You know, here are the things that I need. And it's going to take a while. It's not immediate. Right. Yeah. 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 Even if your water breaks. So most of the time... If you're having no contractions and let's say you're in the grocery store, your water breaks. Um, oh, we have, we've had this happen with clients where like, okay, we're out to dinner. You stand up and whoops, there's a lot of wetness running down my legs. And I don't think I just urinated. Yeah. Um, contractions didn't start immediately for that person. Um, they were able to kind of get home. She took a shower. She called me. Um, and then uh, I think she took a nap. Before contractions even started. So that's much more the typical scenario. And it's not super common to be out and about when your water breaks. It's usually caused by contractions. Yes, totally. Okay, number five. No partners or other support people who are there at the birth. So they don't typically show um, the, the, the support that a partner is giving. Um, I've never seen a TV birth where there was a doula present. No. Oh, I saw a doula in, this is really going to date me, but in the show Frasier. Oh my gosh. When Daphne was having a baby, they were thinking about hiring a doula and she, um, she was super woo woo. And okay. they talked about what to do with their placenta. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. That was like 90s, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they, it was like all about auras and oh, wow. um, the moon. And it was really, really woo-woo. And like she was in charge of them eating all vegan. And oh, I mean, wow. it was it was really out there. Like I could the, not watch it. 
the doula was in charge of yeah, all that? Yeah, yeah. It was not really about... Oh. And the doula was not okay with them having an epidural or even birthing in a hospital. So hmm. it was it was pretty exaggerated. Yeah. So they chose to not have a doula. Which, you know, those doulas exist and, and they are the doula for some folks, but... Yeah. That's not um, does not represent all doulas, yeah. right? And the, their couple friends who they met in their birthing class had a doula, and the partner, the husband of the person who was pregnant, like he was feeling like he was having swollen ankles just like the pregnant person, and oh, they were yeah. like, he's feeling just as much of this as I am. Oh, my. So they were really making fun of. People who would hire doulas and, you know, I was so offended by the episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think also um, in the support people, they're misrepresented as freaked out. Yep. Or Fainting. You got to faint, right? Or you're unavailable, like um, emotionally unavailable, like whatever. You're just doing this thing. Sleeping. Or sleeping. always the sleeping. Yep. It's not showing the potential connection and really great support that. A partner can offer. Right. Or that sleeping can be okay. Yeah, You know, it, we've been at births where somebody's really connected and amazing. Yep. And then we say, hey, this is a really great time for you to get a nap in because the hard work is, you know, also coming up too. Totally. And we want you to, to have a little snooze in. Plus, you're going to have a baby after this. Yeah. So absolutely. let's take some, sh- you know, let me t- take this shift right now and then you take a little nap and be present for the next stage. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of, you did this to me mm-hmm. in TV birth, which drives me crazy because I've only heard people say that in real birth in a joking way. Oh, me too. Is this the time where I say you did this to me? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I I've, I've heard uh, laboring people be annoyed at their partners for sure. Like, don't, sure. don't do that. Um, that's Okay. But not a, like, I I hate you. You did this to me. Don't ever touch me again. I'm never going to have sex with you. Yeah. Um, Because there's oxytocin, and that's the love hormone, and you're drawn to the person that you're going to co-parent with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so um, let's see. Uh, Number six, lots of extreme cases and no representation of normal birth. Oh, no. Normal's so boring. Normal's boring and not dramatic enough no. for TV birth. No. Yeah. Um, so lots of like, oh, no, this is an emergency. Lots of not showing that typically when we have concerns about a baby or a mom's um, health and well-being, that there are signs and indicators to show that way before there's like a critical decision-making point. Like, Oh no, we have to get this baby out right now. Right. There's always only red flags. There are never little subtle warning signs. Exactly. Which is really what birth is all about. Like in birth, things don't have, there's rare emergency, like rarely emergencies. I mean, there, when things happen in birth, we see lots of subtle signs that say, hmm, we should keep an eye out for this. Yes. Yeah. But they build over time or go away, one of the two. Yeah. Um, okay, so number seven, always laying on your back to push a baby out. Yeah, or labor. Or labor, true. They're always just on their back, always. That's true. They're in the hospital bed, on their back, 
whether or not they're contracting or pushing a baby out. Sometimes they're laying back, like, semi-reclined. Yeah. And always dripping in sweat. Oh, yeah. A lot of dripping and sweat, which is always amazing. I'm like, wow, you're sweating a lot for someone who should get up and move. And kind of really still. Like, very still. There's not any rhythm or ritual to the way that they're moving their body to cope with no, labor. No, they're always still. I'm like, gosh, get out of bed. Oh, I know. Move. Yeah. Sit on a ball already. Oh, can you imagine? I can't, like, I stub my toe and I need to jump around for a minute, right? Yeah. Like, I burn my finger and I'm like, shaking my hand around owie 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 yeah and I mean my thought is well what if they had an epidural but I'm like if they had an epidural they wouldn't be sweating like that yeah and they wouldn't be making that much sound right and even with an epidural I'm like get get her on her side at least get her rested so people you're not gonna be laying on your back for like ever just suffering on your back Uh -uh. what is that business you're gonna be moving around yes okay number seven eight sorry Eight. eight They never show skin-to-skin or talk of the birth of the placenta. (laughs) You mean the afterbirth? They always call it the afterbirth. Yeah. Which is such a disgusting way to call it. You know, that's that's old school, though. I would say my mom's generation. And even, like, when you read birth books that are that old. They call it that. They call it the afterbirth instead of the placenta. Isn't that interesting? Yes, it's because true. it doesn't name it as an organ. Like when you say the word afterbirth, I'm just thinking like, what is that? It like, sounds like a lot of stuff. It sounds like a lot, but of it's really witty stuff. Yeah, not like oh, that's the organ. It's just an organ that my body grew to to grow this baby to, grow this to baby. provide what the baby needs, and then when it's done, it's going to come out. Yeah, it's yeah. just uh, it's just one thing, and it doesn't have any bones. It's just going to come out. And they never know, like, that's never mentioned. It's like, you have the baby, and then all of it's done. Right. And now you just have a baby yeah. in your arms, but it's not about, and, and no skin to skin. So it's not, oh, the baby. The baby gets wrapped up like a burrito. Uh-huh. It gets swaddled. And it's perfectly clean. And oh, it's yeah. just in your arms all of a sudden. Like, they take the baby, bathe it, and then bring uh-huh. it back to you all swaddled up. Yeah. Not the reality. Uh, in fact, it's you know, standard across uh, this country and many others for um, babies to um, be delivered and go skin to skin with you right away. And if that's not typical in your place of birth, that's something you can ask for. Yeah. If that's what you'd like. And then once that baby's actually on you, though, um, imagine getting out of the shower and you're damp. And if you don't dry off, you get cold right away because you were just in this nice warm water. Same, same with the baby. You're just in this nice warm place, your body. They come out into the world, a little chilly out there, and they're damp. So they need to get wiped off, but typically that wiping off happens on your belly. And it's, um, I don't it's like a little pat down. Yeah. You keep the vernix on. Yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah. Oh, okay. Number nine. Um, there, there's never any discussion about lactation or postpartum mood disorders. Oh, never. Never. Except for a movie that recently came out where I haven't yeah. seen it yet. But um, but I think that's the only time. That's that's kind of been a big deal. Yeah. But really, so they don't talk about they're it. They're not talking about um, breastfeeding. They're not showing breastfeeding. They're not um, 
the what's happening in a woman's body after she has had a baby. That's that's boring, right? Right. So we're not showing that in um, the hours and days right after birth, how there can be quite a conflict of emotion, meaning um, one minute you might feel like crying and the next minute you might feel like laughing and how um, there's a lot of things that go into that. Um, I wouldn't name that as a postpartum mood disorder, but um, what I'm talking about is the variation of all these different emotions that we're feeling in um, kind of the hours and days right after a baby is born. Um, they're also not talking about um, postpartum mood disorders. No. I feel like TV's gotten better about talking about mental health in general, but I'm not seeing a good representation of some of the mental health challenges that folks experience in the postpartum period, unless it's on the news and it's somebody who has taken the life of their baby or family or whatever. It's these way opposite ends of the spectrum um, of mood disorder and not kind of both the challenges of of mood in um, the period right after a baby's born and even, you know, after. Like, you got a six-month-old and mood can be up and down. Um, but it tends to just be, you know, oh, she's fine, she's stable, all, all is good, everything's great, and not showing the complexity and potential of um, a mood disorder. All right, uh, and number 10 was um, they they never show on TV or film birth being out in public and breastfeeding. No, never. So breastfeeding is not normalized. What I would say is normalized is, oh, I got to give the baby a bottle, um, right. which there's nothing wrong with giving no, a baby. No, not at all. We're not judging that at all. But I think we're just trying to mention that um, a typical way of uh, feeding a baby would include um, breastfeeding. And um, we take our babies out, and they need to eat. And so it would be nice if it was um, shown on uh, film and TV, uh, breastfeeding in public. Yeah. I mean, I think the only time we do see it is if they're making a big deal out of it. Right. Yeah. 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 But gosh, I can think of all the times that, like, on a movie or something where they're sitting there giving a bottle to a baby. Right. Um, And I'm not, I mean, of course, like... I don't know, just represented it with like a blanket thrown over you or it wouldn't even have to be shown um, in a body positive way that of course she's breastfeeding. We're not seeing we're not seeing body parts or whatever, but we're seeing a baby eating food. We show people getting in and out of showers just for the sake of showing somebody naked on television. True. Why not? Showing somebody breastfeeding on television. You don't even have to show them naked or topless. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I think this all just comes down to not understanding birth because so many people don't understand how birth works. Yeah. Um, You know, I was watching a television show uh, a while ago and somebody was giving birth and they, for some reason, they were put into the back of an ambulance and, uh, you know, as they were they kind of showed parts of the birth and uh, the the medics were like, oh, I, she's crowning, she's crowning. And then, you know, there was a bunch of, you know, fuss around the mom. And then all of a sudden somebody was like, I can see the head. 
I was like, uh, I should hope so if she's crowning. That's kind of the point. And then the baby was born. And then they brought the baby out of the ambulance. And then somebody said, okay, who's going to cut the cord? I'm like, wow, that is one very Wait, long cord. Let me get this straight. Yes. The baby was where? Out of the ambulance. But they're going to cut the cord. Yeah. How's that work? That's like a 10-foot-long right. cord. Right, I mean, for sure. That doesn't work. No. That doesn't exist. Yeah. That I would mean, be actually a problem. We're, I'm Right? Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> That's, That's something else we could add to the list is no umbilical cord, which, I mean, I guess oh, makes yeah. sense in TV. Like, where are you going to come up with an umbilical cord? Although, you could come up with a lot of things, you know. Yeah, you could. But there's never an umbilical cord. True. And if it's, yeah... If it's, it's never really shown cut if it does exist. No. Yeah. 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 Oh, interesting. But it's like such ridiculous inaccuracies. Yeah. That yeah. we are so far off. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the thing that worries us the most as we talk to people who are opting out of childbirth education uh, is that they're really just trusting but what they see on TV is real because that's all we're ever exposed to. True. If we're not doing childbirth education, where are you learning about birth? You're learning about it from the media. Yeah. You're learning about it from television. You're learning about it from Instagram or Facebook. And our hope is that people um, feel less fearful of this experience. Um, they have a better understanding of what their body is going to do and what to expect out of the experience as well. Um, we're not saying that you got to read a gazillion books and do all these classes and so on, but I think there needs to be an understanding of this time in your life, right? Yeah. To be exposed to information where it just kind of lays it out. Like this is, this is what a placenta is. This is how birth typically looks. Um, I mean, you guys are already doing that just by listening to this podcast. I was going to say, you don't even have to do more. Just listen to all of our episodes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's true. And, um, yeah, so I think we want to continue to dispel the myths about um, about birth and about postpartum. And, um, gosh, I encourage you um, to be advocates in your community. And when you hear misinformation or fear-mongering or, like, a misunderstanding of what this time looks like, that even if you haven't had a baby yet, you're an intelligent person. You can correct people and say, actually, that's not the way that works, really. Exactly. Exactly. Because this is not just people, you know, sharing stories on TV that are not accurate. But I was thinking the other way that we hear stories is when people come up to you in the grocery store oh, when goodness. you're pregnant and they share their stories, which... Or, you know, my grandma or my second cousin had a baby, and this is the the scary story. Yeah. And so we start hearing all these crazy stories. So stop people in their tracks when yeah. they want to tell you totally. their wild birth story. Yeah. So that you're not hearing more fearful things, yeah. right? So stopping that. And then if you see somebody else who's pregnant, who's obviously pregnant, just keep positive with them so you're yeah. spreading positivity to yeah. other pregnant folks yeah because I think we each get to own our own experience and just because I've had a challenging experience with something in my life it doesn't mean that I need to spread that challenge onto everybody else to normalize challenge 
Right. Right? Like, oh, good point. I like that. Normalized challenge. Don't, you don't need to. Yeah. 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 Leave it alone. Yeah. Okay. Guys, thanks for uh, keeping it real with us today. Tune it in. Thanks for understanding our poor quality, uh, potential <laughs> poor audio quality. Um, we'll reassure you that there is a new mic on its way to my house as we speak. Thanks, Amazon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>